This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Wednesday, April the 13th, 2016. Hey, good morning and welcome, friends. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour on a hump day. Legal, lawful, constitutional tender. It's called gold and silver, and it's as easy as calling us at 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Wendy's here to answer your phone calls, take your orders, be your friend. <laughs> or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. We can be your silent friend there where you can just point and click to the products you want to look at, buy, and also gather and read the news to disturb the comfortable, or we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its owner and CEO. He's the man behind the show. He's the clout. He's the dollars behind the show. It's his opinion. They tell you right before the show, the people here at the radio station, that this is research done by the Patriot Trading Group. And his name's Joe Jaquin. Joe, how are you on a hump day? Hey, we're halfway through. We're halfway through, Halfway through. Dodgers won yesterday. Colorado lost its rights yesterday. Did you see that? Dodgers did not win yesterday. I'm sorry. I meant the D-backs won yesterday. It's nice to see the D-backs win. I don't know why I said the Dodgers. Well, we were shocked that the D-backs won. Well, they're playing them today. But I just thought, you know, I heard the beginning opening news yesterday, but I just thought that robbery that happened in broad daylight by by our establishment, what they call it, in Colorado. Guess what, folks? You don't even get a vote anymore. It was really interesting. This morning I saw on Drudge where they showed the video of how they voted for the people to who were going to decide for you. Ten seconds. You got ten seconds. And so you saw uh, these people, and they were in some type of, uh, of uh, looked like maybe a small concert venue type of place. And they had the line of people and a microphone. And you got up there, and you literally had 10 seconds. And then the next person went. And in the 10 seconds, apparently, I guess you you needed to tell them, hey, I support Trump or Cruz, and by the way, this is my number. Vote for me. And that was how it went. When and I mean, has it, uh, why is this process? I have no like- idea. It was the craziest thing that I've ever. Did. I mean, here we are. We like to say that we are the greatest nation on earth. I believe we're one of the most progressive, but this is taking us <laughs> it was back hilarious. into communism. What one lady was that- taking too long. The guy just took the microphone. I'm, I'm sorry. Here you go. You're done. Your ten seconds is over. Next person. So when they're trying to pass the bill, they call it filibustering. <laughs> And this, this is uh, just the opposite. Just Hurry the opposite. up and get done. <laughs> we got to go, listen. Well, you know what? Let's face it. They already knew what was going to happen. So uh, there are, There's the right, belief so, out so, there that so the president's already right, lost. So, so let's just hurry this up. We'll give you 10 seconds. And uh, so if you haven't seen that, and if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you can go out to Dredge today. Uh, the video is there. Uh, this was how Colorado decided who was going to get the delegate 
or the Republican side. You know how you and I talk about voting? Did you vote? Did you vote? Right. I'm a proud voter. You know, in Colorado, <laughs> you're, you're, you don't count. I'm just telling you, the whole process of get out and vote, rock the vote, vote people, it matters. It doesn't. Not in Colorado. You're, you have no voice. It really was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know how to even describe it, but other than... Are they called Colorado ones? Are they called Colorado-donians? What are they? Because let me tell you... Colorado. I'm just here to tell you... They're, Colorado? They should be called the no vote. I'm just telling you. I don't know, man. Anyway, I don't Colorado really is changing. Well, you know what? They're all high. They're all high. They're all high on their marijuana that they're selling for freaking out. I feel like the, that the people from California... And to our friends in Colorado, I'm joking. I just want you to know that. I have moved to Colorado. I just feel that way. I don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's actually it's worth watching because you, you sit there and you think, this cannot be how we're nominating the person to be the president of the United States. This can't be... This can't be true, because you're right. It's so funny. You know what? I think about uh, when we, quote-unquote, liberated Iraq and Afghanistan, and we made this huge deal about how we were having free elections there. Democracy in action. Right, and they and they showed the people with the, they made them put the ink on the finger, right? And they made the big deal. They got to go in there and make their mark, and... And Al-Qaeda and, and the Taliban were threatening to behead people, and we were going to have these free elections, and everybody's going to get to vote. And apparently here, ah, we don't need to do that. We don't I, need to I'm go just through that curious, see, the word democracy, does it mean the same thing anymore? Because democracy in Colorado is not the same as democracy in Arizona and New York. The delegates and votes are going to happen. Minnesota, the people went out and voted. Kind of. I'll, they all say. have rules. Listen, but they have rules. I guess they, I'm just I guess telling you, that's can, not democracy. I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know how they agreed that this was going to be the rule. How's that? Did people get in line at their middle schools and high schools no. and go and vote in Colorado? Then where's the democracy in Colorado that they go 34 to nothing cruise? That right there is a hack job in daylight. You just got jacked, robbed. Stolen from ACDC has a song out there, and I'm just telling you, it's hard to be a rock and roll star today. And Donald Trump, you just proved that they don't want you. The establishment just held a gun up to Colorado and said, nope. <laughs> Major Radio News Hour. There's all kinds of economic data out today as well. And by the way, apparently bad news is now really good again in America. We'll be back after the break. Picture Radio News Hour, Joe Jacobin, Homer Lopez. And I want to thank all of you that tune in each and every day and support the Patriot Trading Group, support the, the stations uh, that we broadcast on, and, of course, obviously supporting us when you place orders with us. Three or four big economic data points came out today. And all of them went exactly the way I was saying they were going to go, which is we're in trouble. 
the 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 slowdown has been happening uh, at a much more violent pace than Wall Street wants to admit. And somehow the Dow was actually up about 140 points. And it's really one of those head scratchers which makes you think, uh, I don't know if there's going to be a big reversal at the end of the day, but it's awfully weird because probably the most important data and really, when you when you want to try to uh, to figure out where we're going and who's who's what what reports you need to put your stock in and what ones you kind of need to you know kind of be like eh I don't know about that probably would be retail sales when you think I mean when you're talking about the economy of the United States isn't that the go-to card? Isn't that what, when you look at the health or lack thereof, retail sales is where you go, right? Did we buy more stuff this month or less? If you bought more stuff, that's good news. You bought less stuff, not so good, right? I mean, that sounds pretty simple. Today, the government released retail sales figures for the month of March, and just as I have been saying, Retail sales, well, here's the here's the story. Retail sales unexpectedly fell in March. Now, I don't know who did not expect that, but all the data was telling us this is exactly what was going to happen. It said households cut back on purchases of automobiles. Hmm, who was that idiot that was on the radio last month telling you Automobile sales were starting to tank. Oh, wait, that was me. That was me. Further evidence that economic growth has stumbled in the first quarter. It says the Commerce Department said Wednesday that retail sales declined three-tenths of a percent last month after being unchanged in February and falling in January. Uh, they went on to say that uh, it is going to have another well, I guess uh, negative impact to first quarter GDP. They say consumer spending accounts for more than two-thirds of the United States' economic activity. March's weak reading, adding to the recent data on trade, right? We talked about the trade deficit numbers. Wholesale inventory, right? We talked about how those numbers, they seem to not be able to get rid of any inventory. Matter of fact, that number came out again today. Uh, inventory numbers, inventories now at the highest levels since the, I guess, the financial crisis, the recession that, you know, that only lasted about a year. And now they're saying wholesale inventory levels are at the highest levels, I guess, go back to 08, 09, which really means, hey, we built this stuff. Or we, in the case of the United States, we imported all this stuff, <laughs> but we can't get rid of it, which kind of just says, hey, that's that's not a good thing. And they said business spending, right, we've been all over that. Listen, here's how, how businesses spend in America. Uh, we had to write off assets. We had to lay off people. Uh, how about the largest, the last remaining listed 
coal company that's listed on Wall Street, Peabody Energy, officially filed for bankruptcy protection for all of its assets only within the United States. Their Australian assets are fine. Uh, 8,000 U.S. workers could potentially lose their job. And they said that economic growth estimates for the first quarter are as low as zero to two-tenths of a percent. Uh, that was the, the so the two big number retail sales came out negative. Inventory numbers came out not good, right? There's too much stuff. Now you got automobiles starting to pile up. And, and then there's, uh, here's what they said. It says businesses tried to reduce their stockpile for the sec- for the second straight month. Unfortunately, sales are falling faster than they can get rid of the inventory. And, of course, that led to the largest build in inventories. Then this one. This is this was probably the worst one. The United States government ran a $461 billion deficit from October to March. March's deficit reached over $100 billion for the month of March alone, $108 billion to be exact. A year ago, the number was only $53 billion. They now say the budget deficit for 2016 is running at 5% above 2015 levels. Unfortunately, I got news for you. That number is going to finish up almost 20% bigger because the numbers just, as we get through April, May, June, July, and August, we're going to continue to pile it on. It said U.S. budget deficits exploded by more than $1.4 trillion. This is the Wall Street Journal, by the way. They're still sticking to this. And this is one of the things that I've been talking about, the lies that the media continues to portray. They said the largest deficit we've ever had was $1.4 trillion. And that was, of course, in 2009, right, at the height of the crisis. Right, we had the Iraq war going on, and we had the crisis going on, and they said that the deficit reached $1.4 trillion. Now, the real number, if you want to know the real number, that year we hit $2 trillion in a single year. The CBO goes on to say in its, in its report that the budget deficit is going to rise another $10 trillion over the next 10 years. So we're at $19.3 trillion, and they said, okay, it's going to be $29.3 trillion. And, and I'm going to tell you that is a farce of a number. But they said that the actual budget deficits, and this is how corrupt the system is, actually won't hit a trillion dollars. Now, they say over 10 years, the budget deficit is going to go up $10 trillion. So you kind of do some basic math and say, okay, well, that's about a trillion dollars a year. But they say this year, the one that we're in right now, 
the number is going to be about $540 billion. That's the number they're going to say out loud. But they say that they won't hit a trillion dollars until 2022. But if the budget is going to blow up by $10 trillion over the next 10 years, common sense would tell you that's almost impossible. Unless we're going to run $2 trillion deficits in 2024, 2025, and 2026, which actually we really are. But they'll tell you that it was less. But my whole point being is we can't even tell the truth. We don't want the citizenry to know the truth, right? We want to have the whole country live in Fantasy Island and make-believe. And you know what? We've got all of the media willing to regurgitate our lives. I mean, the Wall Street Journal, I would say, what would you say of all the most respected media outlets the country has to offer? Wouldn't you think the Wall Street Journal probably ranks right up there as one of the most respected? It's one of the most well-known, most well-respected, especially, I mean, and let's be honest, I mean, financially, it's the go-to. I mean, right, country, it's, right? it's kind of the go-to one. Right, right. And not even they will tell the truth. Right, they'll just sit there and say, oh, well, the highest was $1.4 trillion. No, it wasn't. It was much worse than that. It's just like this year. Well, it's going to be $540 billion. No, it's not. It's going to be much closer to a trillion. And then when they say it's a trillion, it's going to be closer to two trillion. And then we can't figure out why it is that none of this stuff makes any sense. I mean, if retail sales are negative, when you take the first quarter of this year, we've got January's number, we've got February's number, we've got March's number, and it's negative. Wouldn't that tell you that something isn't right in America? Right? I mean, common person, yeah, that's not very good news. That's the news that we got today. Yet the Wall Street Journal, or the Wall Street, Wall Street thinks it's wonderful. By the way, the last piece of data we got, I just told you it was a big data day, was the Federal Reserve released the results of what they say are the 10 most important financial institutions when it comes to the fiscal well-being of the U.S. citizenry. And remember now, they, they allegedly ended too big to fail, remember. And really what they did was they set it up by ending too big to fail. Here's what they did. They put it all on us. I mean, that's what Dodd-Frank did. I mean, the media is going to tell you something else, but the realities are all as it did is set up the way for them to go in and seize your money. They said of the 10 most important financial too-big-to-fail companies within the United States, five of them failed. In other words, and they call this a, they call it a living will. 
that these banks have to submit. In other words, what the what the Federal Reserve wants them to do is, hey, I want you to tell us what's going to happen if your financial institution goes under. Okay, that that's the the uh, homework assignment that they have. By the way, J.P. Morgan, one of the ones that failed. In other words, the plan that they had submitted to the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve looked at it and said, that makes no sense. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. That won't work. Hey, that's going to kill everybody else. Try again. And they'll go back and, and they'll move some numbers around, right? And, and here's the thing. The problem is, as we explained yesterday, the wolf is guarding the hen house. Right? The Federal Reserve is owned by these big banks. Now it really makes sense that why they didn't break them up. Right now you start to understand why it is that they didn't want to get rid of all of these too big to fail banks because you know what? They control all the power. And today we learned that we still, we are no closer to solving this problem than we were when it happened the last time eight years ago. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. The fate of the world, at least according to the FDIC and the U.S. Federal Reserve, really lies in the hands of 12 banks slash financial institutions. Nobody cares about jobs. It doesn't matter. Oil doesn't matter. Right? GDP doesn't matter. Fiat money and the value or lack thereof. None of that matters. Really only matters about these 12 financial institutions. Eight of which, I, I said, I thought, I said originally five out of ten, it was five out of eight. Eight of them are U.S., four of them are overseas. What the goal was, was submit a plan where we can wind down your financial institution. You know, just like the Amer- in America, you know, free enterprise is supposed to be. If you fail, you go out of business. Right? And if you succeed, right, you stay in business. And, of course, we know at the height of the financial crisis, our reckless bankers allowed for banks to get so big that apparently the entire world was going to come to an end if they shut them down. So, therefore, ergo, nobody gets shut down, everybody gets bailed out, and we'll pretend like it didn't happen. So here were the results. I'm going to give you all the companies involved so you got to get an idea. The ones that submitted these quote-unquote living wills to the Federal Reserve and the FDIC. Now, remember, I've already told you about the FDIC. It's a sham. 
credible. You know what? Maybe they should submit a credible plan of how they would pay and insure deposits of up to $250 billion, even though they, they don't have the money. Maybe that should be a plan that should be submitted. Right? Maybe that should be no bank can be larger than our own fund. Right? That way, if you fail, we can actually guarantee that we can pay all the people's FDIC insurance claims. I don't know, just a, just a thought. But anyway, they submit these to both the Federal Reserve and the FDIC, and they both grade them. The ones that both the Federal Reserve and the FDIC agreed the plans were not credible. In other words, even after we go in and seize all of the people's money, you would still need government money or public money to finish winding you down. Bank of America failed both. Bank of New York Mellon failed both. J.P. Morgan Chase failed both. State Street failed both. Wells Fargo failed both. Of course, now that just leaves three other U.S. banks. According to the reports that the FDIC and the Federal Reserve took, none of the eight systemically important banks in which the United States considers too big to fail fared very well. However, the FDIC determines that the plan submitted by Goldman Sachs was not credible. Say Goldman Sachs, another one of these financial institutions. But the Federal Reserve thought, well, maybe we could make that work. While the Federal Reserve said that Morgan Stanley's plan was not credible, the FDIC said, well, maybe it could work. And then Citigroup they were the only one that passed both, but even both of the FDIC and the Federal Reserve said, eh, we're going to say they passed, but there's a bunch of issues there. So if you're keeping score at home, let's call it what it is. They went 0 for 8. Now, the other four that, according to the FDIC and the U.S. Federal Reserve, are too big to fail goes as follows. By the way, no plans from these banks. Barclays, Credit Suisse, Deutsche Bank, and UBS. Apparently now, the fate of the entire financial system rests in the hands of these 12 banks. Now, one of these banks, J.P. Morgan, released earnings today. And they were really happy about it. They they actually beat expectations. Now, pay no mind that they set the expectations so low that they guaranteed to beat. That was how they, you know, that's how the games played. I was disappointed in this. They, they barely beat it. I mean, I think they beat it by like eight or nine cents, and it was it was a ridiculously low number. But here's the thing that 
that I thought was the, the biggest piece, profit. Right at the end of the day, isn't that what matters? When you're looking at these financial institutions, J.P. Morgan said profits fell by 8%. So here we sit. A, they failed being able to be wind down. They failed the, the regulatory test. They also announced, oh, by the way, profits were down 8%. They also came out and said that they alone have 40, almost $45 billion worth of oil loans on their books. According to the Wall Street Journal, J.P. Morgan, of the $43 billion or so, only about $13 billion of that is payable. So now you sit there and you think, wow, that leaves about $30 billion worth of write-downs that still have to come from J.P. Morgan. And unfortunately, while write-downs jumped by the most since the financial crisis, according to J.P. Morgan, somehow it's okay. And they just, I, I, I don't even know if they've gotten to a billion of it. So the Wall Street Journal today comes out and says, between Citigroup, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs. All of them too big to fail. Between those, one, two, three, four, five, six banks. They hold almost $140 billion worth of energy loans that, according to the Wall Street Journal, aren't any good. Right? That's more than what Greece needs. It's almost half of what Italy needs. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. So here's what we've learned today. We learned that the United States economy is continuing to struggle. One of the big, I guess, let's call it a bright spot, was car sales, right? Car sales. And, and really, I laugh, and I make fun because I call them really car rentals instead of car sales anymore because a third of them are leases. Another over a, another almost, what, 40% of those, you've got 84 months or longer, which might as well be a rental. Right? By the time you're done paying for it, right, it, it's got... It's sure to have 100,000 miles on <laughs> it. Right. More and like 200,000. I mean, come on. You know, you're talking about... You know, let's be generous. Can you only put 15,000 miles on your car in a year? I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Really, I couldn't. I mean, but that'd be eight years would be 120. But really, the number's closer to 20,000 miles. You're talking about a car, I have 160,000 miles on it by the time you're done paying it off. Uh, Has a resale value of probably next to nothing. But but nonetheless, a bright spot for the United States economy over the last couple of years. And just like I told you, a big slowdown. Now the retail sales numbers have gone negative, another bad spot. 
then we learned that pretty much, I mean, I, I'll get, let's give City a pass, seven out of the eight United States systemically important financial institutions still have no valid plan. No matter what they do, they can't figure out a way to unwind these banks without having to bail them out again. And let's face it, all of us know, I mean, unless you're naive, you really think that J.P. Morgan will go under and somehow Citigroup and Bank of America and Wells Fargo wouldn't go under with them? Of course they will. I mean, this is, I mean, we do get it, right? This is just a big charade, a big charade being portrayed upon the American public as, see, no, it's, everything's okay. And the media goes right along with it. It's borderline, and I'm going to, I don't even, in my, my humble opinion, my non-educated opinion, it's impossible. It's not possible. One goes, they all go. The FDIC is one of the people that is supposedly judging these results. They've got about $20 billion to pay depositors. Every one of the banks they mention have hundreds of billions of quote-unquote insured deposits. So how could they even say anybody passed? <laughs> well, you passed. I mean, we're broke, but you passed. And you passed without public money. But let me tell you how it really works. So before Dodd-Frank, before they fixed it with Dodd-Frank, the plan was that it's okay that the FDIC didn't have the money. And here's why. Because it's written. See, you gotta, you always got to read the fine print. Is what I've been trying to stress to everybody over the last month or so. The fine print of the FDIC says, don't worry, we can borrow the money from the Treasury. Now, all of us know that even the Treasury, they only have maybe on a hand $100 billion at any time anyway. And, of course, really what they're trying to say is, well, the Treasury will just issue debt on, for us on our behalf. So isn't that the same as the government bailing them out? Wouldn't that be the same thing? Sounds pretty familiar. Right, you know? right. Wouldn't that be, hey, same thing, just different way of getting there. Instead of Hank Paulson or whoever the treasurer, Jacob Lew, whoever the treasury secretary of the day is, coming out on TV and saying Wall Street won't open, lend us $750 billion. I guess the FDIC, <laughs> they'll go out on TV and say, don't worry. We're going to borrow $750 billion from the government to pay back all of the insured deposits. 
what's interesting is you're supposed to go to banks to get lo- loans, you know, <laughs> and the, they're they're going and going. We need loans. It just it uh, it, it's a it really makes no sense. Problem now, Dodd Frank. Now that was the old way. Now that still exists. That loophole that I just talked, the fine print, that's still there. But with Dodd Frank, they they did add some provisions. And the provisions were were really set to protect the public. Okay, that's the the term they like to use. To protect you and I. Unless of course your money's in one of these banks. And of course they've set it up where it's almost in a lot of places it's almost impossible to do business without having your money in one of these banks. But they they changed the rule and now said, if we need to seize the bank, okay, so the FDIC comes in and we got to take control of the bank. We can take any unsecured creditor, i.e. depositor, and turn you into a shareholder. And once you're turned into a shareholder, the little fine print says, you no longer are an unsecured creditor, which means the FDIC doesn't really have to give you their money. Patriot Radio News Hour, it's a beautiful system. We'll be back right after the break. I wish a buck was still silver. It was back when the country was wrong. Back before Elvis. Vietnam War came along Before the Beatles and yesterday When a man could still work, still would Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Uh, if you want to uh, place an order, get yourself protected just in case the FDIC needs to come a-knocking. If you want to sign up for our Patriot Preferred Metals plan, right? don't forget to do that. I would I would tell you the... The best monthly metals plan available in the marketplace today. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, you don't know what it is, you can go out to allamericangold.com. Uh, we have the metals program button. You can click on that and read all the details. But you can start with a little as $100 a month. We ship once a quarter, so you're going to get four shipments a year. And it's really... I, I think a great way to do it because you're just buying month after month after month. And and the best part is is we pool all of the funds together and we make one big buy, which allows us to buy at the cheapest prices possible, which allows you to get your hard assets at the cheapest price possible. So if you want more information on that or you want to sign up for the program, 
uh, today. Give us a call at 800-951-0592. Like I said earlier, Dow's up 140 points. Apparently, the worse the news is, the better. Uh, Gold's down 12 bucks, and it's actually a really good showing. There's been a huge spike in the dollar today, uh, almost up 80 basis points as as we talked about yesterday, people are starting to really get concerned about how bad the Japanese economy is. And really not the economy so much as the debt. It's unpayable. And how bad the European situation is, same thing. The debts are unpayable. And now they've got to figure out a way because both both Japan and Europe, they need a strong dollar where China needs a weak dollar. And, it's, and it just doesn't work. But, but gold's down 12, at least for now. Got a funny feeling that it's not going to stay there. Uh, by the way, silver. Boy, silver really passed some really key, uh, important technical levels. It's actually up 10 cents right now, uh, $16.32. If you're looking at putting away some silver rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles, at least for right this moment, uh, they're sitting at... Four hundred or five. Uh, Wendy, how much are they? Rolls of silver eagles. I apologize. I I had the number, but if you go on online, they're up there. Uh, rolls of U.S. silver eagles today are four oh five at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Everyone, take care. Have a great rest of the hump day.